0: Blob Talk Radio. Transformation Radio. I won't just survive. Oh, you.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through what? Purposeful conversations. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, spiritual leader, and I provide tools and strategies to transform your life or to transition you from living a life where you are merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Did you hear what I said? There is a possibility for you to live life full of purpose. There is purpose inside of you, and it is time for you to allow that purpose to escape from the cage that you have locked it in, okay? All right, so tonight's intro song, guys, I love this song, and we're going to dissect this song tonight because I really hope you listen to the lyrics of that song and i'm talking to each and every one of you out there on tonight and i want you to understand that regardless of where you are right now you still will rise and you have to believe it you have to own it you have to possess it you have to confess it you have to walk as if you're going to rise you have to understand that you have the ability to rise i don't care how low you might feel right now i don't care how low it may seem right now you will Rise. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, you, you will rise. There are circumstances and situations in your life that seem to contradict the fact that you will rise, but I want you to understand that there is a riser rising up within you. Yes, there is a riser rising up within you. There is about to be some strength, some fresh air, some fresh breath, some some, uh, 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 freshness and renewed strength coming to you for you to be able to rise beyond your present circumstance. You're greater than your present circumstance. You're greater than your current location. You're greater than your current bank account status or bank account balance. You're greater than all of those things. There is greatness inside of you. Some of you, you have a word to share. Some of you, you have books to write. Some of you are creative in various areas of your life, and you've locked up that creativity because you feel as if, You cannot rise from the abyss that you are in right now, and I want you to also understand that some of you have identified where you are as an abyss, and it's not an abyss. Some of you are just right now. You're in the birthing canal, and you're about to come through the birthing canal and bust through that matrix to be introduced to a whole new world of possibilities. To be to be introduced to a whole new dimension of power, of authority, of influence, of favor, of all those things that you have, that haven't even thought or dreamt about. There's some of you, you put some things on the vision board to come to pass before this year ends, and we only got, what, about three, four months left? And some of you have given up on some of those things.
2: Nah, I need
1: you to pick those things back up. You have enough time for those things to be brought to pass. Now, you know, some of us, as I always say, I respect Everyone's belief system. I believe that everyone should have a seat at the table. We may not all agree, but guess what? We can respectfully disagree. And I believe that if we listen from that place, we all can learn and grow from each other. But I believe in, in uh Yahweh and Elohim and, and and that's who my God is. And I believe that He has the ability to speed time up. Some of you are attempting to speed various things up in your life, and sometimes you have to learn how to willingly lose control. And some of us like to be in control all the time. I always share how I love to be in control. And it's crazy because sometimes I love to be in control in situations that I know it wouldn't be best for me to be in control of. But I don't like to be caught off guard with anything, even if what I'm caught off guard is beneficial for me. Listen to what I just said. I don't like to be caught off guard with anything, even if it's beneficial for me. Can any of you guys relate to that? And when it comes to purpose, sometimes we have to let it go. Let it go, sit back and relax, and allow purpose to unfold. Now, I'm not saying that we just sit back and expect things to unfold for us. No, there are some moves that we can make right now. But I don't want you sitting and not making the moves that you can make right now because you're focused on the moves that you can't make right now. I need you to focus on what you are able to do and then put it in the hands, put it in the hands of your creator, put it into whatever your higher power is or the universe or whatever you want to, whatever you subscribe to. Put it in their hands and begin to watch these things come to pass in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? They are going to come to pass in your life. How many of you out there believe me right now? Now, I can't see any of you, but I know right now hands are going up. I know people are clapping right now because they are grabbing hold of that for their own personal life. You shall rise. Do you hear what I'm saying? You shall rise, and you shall rise, as I said, with power and authority, and you shall rise with a whole new outlook in life. See, anytime that we rise, our perception begins to change. Why? Because our vantage point, our viewpoint changes. What I see, you know, standing at at sea level is not necessarily what somebody else sees in the watchtower. And if we're going to talk about, you know, and we want to make this a a biblical situation, we can go to uh, Habakkuk chapter two, or chapter one, and Habakkuk was going through some things, and he was tired of seeing as if he was, he felt as if he was being treated unfairly, and he saw the unrighteous prosper. And in all chapter one, he has a a Habakkuk on some of us may call it pity parties, but I like to identify it with our name. Why? Because when we identify it with our name, we take ownership of it. And as we begin to take ownership of it, now we can begin to pull ourselves out of it. So Rebecca is crying before God. He's crying before his Lord, and he's filing all these complaints. And, God, I'm trying to live right, or I'm trying to do this, or I'm trying to do that, but I don't see any point in it. Can anybody relate to, to that? Now, I know some of us may have been taught when we were younger, You don't never question God. You don't ask God why. You don't do any of those things. However, as I grew up and matured, I understood that God desires for us to communicate with him. He desires for us to build a relationship with him. Without a relationship, we can't honestly trust him. And I know some of us base our relationships off of what we've experienced and Uh, In personal relationships that we have, we base our relationship with God off of that. I encourage you not to do so. Do not base your relationship with other people or your relationship with God off of your relationship with other people. All right? Now I got all excited. I got all that talking done. Now let's get to the show. You know why? Because I have a guest. He's on hold right now. I'm going to bring him in in a minute. But I just wanted you guys to understand that you will rise. I want you to understand that. I want you to own that. I want you to begin to believe it. I want you to receive it first. I want you to believe it, and then I want you to walk in it and exercise it on a daily basis that you are living the life of one who has risen. All right? Okay, let's keep going because we're going to get to our guest. As I said, that was the intro song. It was called Rise. Now, here's the question of tonight, okay? Now, we just talked did that whole segment segment on Rise. Here's the question of the night. The question of the the night is, what are some areas in your life that you're willing to confess, I will rise? Think about some areas of your personal life that you need to confess that in. Now, I'm going to open up the phone lines because I want you guys to communicate with our guest on tonight. I want you to communicate with me. I want you guys to join the conversation. That's all Transformation Radio is. It is a conversation. It's a purposeful conversation that can help transform your life. However, I want you involved in it. So if you have questions, if you have statements that are connected to the conversation that we are having, we welcome those statements. We welcome those questions. Now, understand, I have to limit your call to either one minute or 90 seconds. And here's why. We have other people that want to call in and join the conversation. And we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to be a part of the conversation, okay? And then number two with that, I want to make sure I give our guests uh, ample time to share what it is that they desire to share. I've brought them on the show for a reason, and I want them to be able to express that reason why I brought each and every one of them on the show, okay? So callers, I'm going to open up the lines. I also want, as I always say, we always want to create a culture and an environment where people feel free enough to share their thoughts, to share their beliefs, to share what they are going through, and feel that it is a safe enough environment where they're not going to be judged, they're not going to be looked at funny, they're not going to be laughed at, and they're not going to be made to feel bad for the way that they believe, okay? Now, that's the culture that I build in ministry. That's the culture I build in business, and that's the same culture that we are building and establishing through this radio show. So when you call in, you need to be respectful of my guests you need to be respectful of myself you need to re- be respectful of other callers we may not agree on everything we shouldn't agree on everything it is that it is that diversity that brings the uniqueness of who god is through each and every one of us okay so i want you to call in i'm going to open up the lines as i said remember 1 minute to 60 seconds so if i have to cut you off don't take it personal you know what i'm saying understand that the reason why i'm cutting you off is for the greater conversation that needs to take place. So the call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right, let's go, okay? Before I get to our guests, um, I thank each and every one of you guys again for tuning in, whether you tune in live or you're downloading the uh, podcast version of the show or you're listening to the replay. I don't. I I thank each and every one of you because this show would be pointless without our guests. I mean, pointless without. It'd be pointless without our guests as well. But it would be pointless without our listeners. We need each and every one of you. We're grateful that you take time to tune in and listen to this show. I don't take it lightly. Listen, if you have any suggestions, uh, let us know. Write me at admin at the Transformation Center. Dot life And, again, center is spelled C N T R E okay? We want you guys' feedback. We want you to feel as if you are a part of this show. This is not just my show. This is each and every one of our show, all right? So let's go. Here we go. As I said, I am excited to have our guest on tonight. He is a pastor out of Philadelphia, and he came on and we had some technical difficulties that we have seen to be having lately. We seem to be having these difficulties lately. Yet I understand that even with difficulties, there's a lesson in it, and it's just a part of the growing process. So he decided, and I'm grateful that he did, to come back on, on tonight, and he's going to share with us again on tonight. So without further ado, I want each and every one of you to help me welcome Pastor Clarence Hayes to the show. Hello, Pastor.
2: Amen.
1: Hello. Hello, Papa. How, how are you?
2: I'm
1: Ed, doing how are you well. Going, I'm doing I'm so excited about this interview. We're gonna talk about some of that news you uh shared earlier. I got to hear some of the video. Excited about what God is doing for your vision. Um, we're gonna yes. share some of that. We're gonna give people the opportunity to seed into that as well. Um But we're going to start a little different than we started last time, okay? Um, Some of the questions may be the same. Some may not be the same. We're just going to flow. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadesh, to have his way on tonight. All right?
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah.
1: All right. So here's what we're going to start with. We did this last time, but we did it in the middle of the interview. Tonight, we're going to start with it, okay? We're going to play a game called Word Association. I'm going to give you a couple of words. I'm just going to throw these words out. The first thing that comes to your mind, feel free to share. If it's a, fr- a phrase, share the phrase. If it's a word, share the word. I do apologize if you guys hear my little cousin in the background. She wants to be on the show so bad, and she continues to make guest appearances that are unscheduled on every show. So please understand and forgive me for her being in the if you can hear her, all right. So here we go word association. All right, Pastor. Freedom. Liberty. Liberty. I like that. Okay. Purpose. Purpose. Destiny. Yes. All right. Faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. All right. Now, last one, God.
2: Alpha and omega, beginning and the end. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Now we're going to segue right into the questions, all right? Callers, don't forget the call lines are open if you want to ask Pastor Hayes a question or if you want to share, again, an area of your life that you are making that stance tonight, you're making that confession that I will rise, I will rise, I will rise. That's 516 1756 Again, 516-387-1756. All right, Pastor Hayes, let's go with our conversation, all right? Now, yes, here's yes. how we're going to start the conversation off. Uh, we're going to start the conversation with the last word that I used in the game. I'm going to talk about God, okay? Now okay. from your personal experience, let's talk from your personal experience, okay? Your personal relationship with God. Who is God to you? And I want to ask a question. How has your understanding of God grew over the years?
2: Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Apostle for allowing me to be on the again on the show tonight. And who is God? God um I'm sorry, what were you saying? I'm sorry, I didn't know you said something.
1: No, no, no. I was just agreeing with you. Oh. oh
2: well God, thank you. God is my everything. God is my all in all. Um God has been uh, a mother to me, a father, sister and brother. God is a is a spirit that just keeps me grounded each and every day. And I'm so thankful to have a relationship with my God. And my God is one that uh, over the years I've come to learn to sustain me, to keep me, uh, to keep me in my right mind. Um, I've been able to develop a relationship with my God because my God has kept me um, even when I didn't want to keep my own self. Oh oh my God. But God has been with me through it all and all I can say over the years I have come to um the love of the thing I love about God is that there are no terms, there are no limits, um, there are no boundaries, there is just unconditional love that He has for all of us and for me especially. I know um because of the twins grace and mercy God has sustained me through the years when I should have been dead God has allowed twins the, the twins grace and mercy to come in and, and say no let's spare him at this moment so I I am grateful for God because over the years I have like I said developed a relationship um, a relationship that has its moments of high and moments of, of low and and God has kept me, uh, in the in the worst of moments, so I can say, um, and I'll say this on my personal behalf: God is my all. God has been a mother, and a father, and a brother and a sister, and I've had no one else to talk to. And so, that, that came out of relationship and over, like I said, over the years, it just became a point of learning to honor Him, to worship Him, and you know, and m- most of all. Uh, you know, we get into relationship, but we want to get the relationship to be better. We have to spend more intimate time with God, and so, so for that, I'm grateful. And God has just been my all. God is everything to me. So, um, I hope I answered both of your questions. And I, like I said, over the years, I've been able to develop a relationship, uh, which I have come to honor and adore just by being allowed to, uh, to worship God for who he is and for what he has done for me. So um, so that's who I consider my God. My God is my all. My God is the Alpha and Omega. My God is the beginning and the end. And when everybody else says no, my God says yes.
1: Awesome. Loved everything that you said. Now, you hit a word in there. You hit a couple of words that i probably going to talk throughout this um, conversation about, but the word that you hit, you talked about relationship, developing a personal relationship with God, okay? Now, can you talk to those that are out there? I see this a lot, and I know you see it a lot, especially pastors, um, where people have been um, indoctrinated so much, and I don't even know if indoctrinated is a word, but we're going to add it to our dictionary here on this show, with doctrine. You know, it has been, doctrine has been shoved down their throat so much, and I'm not against doctrine. I believe in sound doctrine, sound doctrine. But how do you, as a pastor, minister to those who may have grew up in church and now, you know, um, they kind of feel beat up from the doctoring side of it, the doctoring, doctoring side of it. How do you minister to them that, you know, you can still develop a relationship with God? Because that's one of the saddest things that I see is that a lot of people feel as if they're just not worthy to talk mm-hmm. to God, to commune with God, to worship God, to even lift. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise you, the Lord. But yet there are still people that have been beat down so much that they feel as if they're not even worthy to praise God. So how do you deal with being able to minister to individuals that are in that space in their life?
2: Well, the first thing I just tell people, um, and I understand that um, – well, let me separate this. Let me do this first. My mindset had to accept the the aspect that in order to heal people, it's going to take some reprogramming. Because, as you said, doctrine has been indoctrinated in so many people' lives that people just can't be people. I mean, they they've got to put this mask on, they've got to put this shell on. And so, one of the things I try to tell people that when I meet them is that um you know i tell people just be yourself don't worry about wearing the mask or about wearing this just be yourself because god is an unconditional god and god loves you just for who you are and so when people say like i'm not worthy i i oh they might say oh pastor i didn't mean to say that and i said well you know god I, I tell people god is a down-to-earth god you know, and I try to I try to let people see it in my own life. You know, uh, even when we have church, you know, I don't wear all these fancy vestments that others might wear, you know, uh, because I believe that we have to reach people, like you said, where they're hurt at, where, where they feel like they're not worthy. And so what you have to do, is, and again, I'm going to use this word again tonight, you have to empower people and you have to reprogram you have to deprogram, to reprogram. <laughs> uh, and so when you deprogramming, you, you you have to go through all the parts of people saying, I, I, you know, I'm not worthy. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. Um, and then you have to reprogram to people to empower them. To let them know, hey, it's okay to be who you are, because God loves you unconditionally. Now, God gives us choices, but it's up to us to make the right decision as to which route to go. And what I say that, is is that I, I say that in a sense of empowering people to be who God has called them to be. And so, a lot of it, like I said, is deprogramming, because we'll talk some we'll talk something about that. And then reprogramming. One of the things I had at the church, and I'm going to stop right here because I'm going to see this and be done because I know we might have some listeners. One of the things that happened one day at the church was uh, Rob and I, we didn't have service. We said, for some reason, the spirit led me to stop by the church. So we went by the church. And Lord and behold, right that particular day, it was hot. I didn't want nobody out in the in the weather. I said, I don't want nobody having a heat stroke. But something just led me just to, to, to go there and check on the space anyway. So I went and checked, and um, there was about five or six people outside waiting for service to happen. Now, these are people that you wouldn't consider uh, church-going people. But they showed up at the doorstep, and I'm so glad that I oh, the unction of the Holy Spirit. They showed up. And we, I said, come on in, let's, let's just talk. So I allowed them to talk. I allowed them to um, be themselves. And one thing I've learned, even in college and even just life period, there is a skill called listening, the art of listening. And when you <laughs> listen to people and you listen to them, tell them stories, you listen to them, tell what they've been through, once you get that out from them, then you can go ahead and say, you know what? It's okay. You're in a safe space. You can be who you are. You know, God loves you unconditionally. I understand that you were yet at this church. People wanted you to be this way, or better yet, you might be homeless and figure out, how am I going to make it? You know, um, the thing is that once we can get people to speak and once I can listen to them without interrupting them, then I say, okay, okay. So the, the the plan is now that you're at a point in your life because truth and life is a place where you can come and be transformed and be empowered to be who God has called you to be. And what we do is we allow people to be a part of support groups, as what was discussed on the call tonight, and we allow people to go ahead and um, to to be discover or to discover, to discover their purpose, discover their destiny, and allow people to walk in their truth. So. Um, So that's how I normally just basically uh, talk, you know, listen to people when they've been – when they say, well, I've done this. I've been to church for this and this and this. And part of it is that – and I'm going to say this. Thank you, Heather. I'm going to say this, that sometimes people have never been able just to talk to somebody about what they've been through. And then when you affirm what they've been through, you say, okay. But God has greatness, or God, you know, you have greatness inside of you. It is my job to help push you into that purpose and destiny. So a lot of it's just deprogramming to reprogram to empower them to be who God has called them to be.
1: All right, guys. Again, the calling number is five one six three eight seven one seven five six. If you want to hop into this conversation, Pastor, you said so much in, in your answer, um, Here here's the two things that I want to get, though. Here, here's what you said. You said we have to be deprogrammed in order to be reprogrammed, and I hope we're listening, guys, because sometimes i found out in life the reason why the reprogramming wasn't working is because I was still trying to bring the old program into mm-hmm. the new program.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And whenever
1: you try to mix those two things together, it just does not work. And then you said, then you said this right here. You said, and I'm telling this is so powerful. And, guys, this is why this show was created. This is why this show was created. You said it is important that we learn the art of listening
2: and allow
1: those who never had an audience, and have never been able to express how they honestly feel to give them an opportunity to express it without interrupting them. Guys, that's mm-hmm. why I created this program. I created this program so that those who usually are silenced have a voice. You have a voice. You have a powerful voice inside of you, and you need to be able to release that voice. And as you were talking, I begin to think about a lot of the people that I talk to as well, and um, one of the things that I've I've learned about a lot of them is, especially those who have a background in church, and I've experienced this myself too, is that when you go to express how you feel, some people that have kind of bought into the system or the quote unquote right answers, they will not mm-hmm. let you finish saying how you feel. They they will mm-hmm. try to tell you how you feel or how you should feel. So right. you kind of become desensitized to how you actually feel and you can't express your emotions because you've been told that's not how you feel when in all actuality, that's how you feel. So I I thank God for what you're doing in Philadelphia and and other people that are doing it as well, providing a table where people can come freely be themselves and communicate who they are. Now I do have another question for you. I'm going to play devil advocate right here because you said, that you all, you tell people you guys are free to be you, okay? Now, Pastor, what if I come to you and you tell me I'm free to be me and I don't even know who I am because I'm used to modifying my behavior to be accepted by everybody else. So I don't even know who I am. How do I now even be myself around you? I don't know who I am.
2: Mm. Great question. So we have a class at Truth and Life um, that we started a a couple months ago um, in regards to this program that I had a chance of listening to a conference call. Um, It's it's called Connected. And what we've decided to do is we've asked people, um, you know, what do you think you're good at? What do you think that you – what is it that – you feel like you have a craft in or what do you enjoy you know and so with that being said uh, it's like a six weeks course over those six weeks basically what happens is is that we get to know the people we get to say okay um, what is one thing you like to do where what is um, I'm sorry I repeat myself what is one thing you like to do um, where do you see yourself or what? You enjoy the most, and then most of the time, you know, even if the simple thing is I like to cook. Okay, that's a start. You like to cook, or um, I like to um, I like to help out. That's a simple thing. Okay, so you like to help out. So what we normally try to do, even with the simplest thing, thank you, God. Even with the simplest thing, the little seed that when people say, "Oh, I like to cook," or "I like to help," you know, I like to. I like to teach, um, you know, we, we try to even dig in even further. So what is it about teaching that you like? What is it about helping that you like? What is it about cooking that you like? Do you see yourself, um, do you see that it helps other people to feel good? And in turn, how do you feel when you see somebody else eating your food? So we try to break it down to the basics and then as a spiritual concept, uh, Uh, concept to later in the connected part because once you figure out like I told everybody today or what we discussed a couple months ago once you figure out what your purpose is then you can find you can walk into your destiny destiny cannot come before purpose purpose has to come first and then destiny has to come later and then favor comes as a result and so with that being said um, you know, we just talked to people journal and and so interesting you brought that up. Uh, um, one of the things that we said we would do differently from the churches is is we again, we're starting to support groups, and we're going to have a place for the support groups. But one of the things I've learned is that, and I've learned this over time, I can't really join your ministry or I can't give you my heart to the ministry until I know I feel comfortable. And then until I know I have a sense of what my purpose is. And so we kind of adopted the philosophy, kind of doing, and I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, y'all. But we kind of adopted the theology of doing things backwards because, you know, even if once we have the support group, it's just letting people know that we're there. You know, people are impacted with HIV. You know, it, you're... It might be that you might like to help conserve the HIV population. We never know. So we start with the basics. What did you like to do? How do How do you make others feel as a result of what you like to do? You know, and we just go from there. And then once we get the basics, then we add the spiritual concepts of it. Okay, you like to cook? We can maybe add you to our auxiliary team. You know, or you like to serve? We can maybe add you to our hospitality team. So we try to do things in baby steps, uh, because like you said, a lot of people don't know who they are and what their gifts are, Um, and and just by listening to them, seeing, you know, where they've been at and what they like to do and how they like to help others, you know, we go from there. Like, for example, we had one person, uh, at one point she told me she didn't know what her purpose was, but now by her seeing that she likes to help people with their credit, she likes to help people economically, she's actually helped a couple of people in our ministry and she's at being added to the empowerment tool section because she discovered that her purpose is actually helping people uh with their credit and helping people with their finances.
1: Wow and, and that's so needed. <laughs> that is so needed. So that that's awesome. And uh, I hope the listeners if you're listening out there tonight and you are a visionary or you an or an an aspiring visionary. And the creator has been dealing with you about your vision. And your vision doesn't seem to make sense to you or anybody else. I hope you heard what pastor said. They do things backwards. And because they do things backwards, it works for their ministry. Stop trying to make your ministry, your business, or anything else in your life work Mm -hmm. better. It's not going to work. If it's... if. It has a unique identity. Embrace that unique identity. And that's mm-hmm. where you will find success in that. And that's where it will attract the people that are actually connected to your vision.
0: Mm-hmm. This, is, this, yeah. is good.
1: this is good. Okay, okay. So now let's um, let's segue into talking about the ministry, okay? You're talking about yeah. these support groups, okay? You're talking about these support groups. How did you come up with the idea of the support groups? Is it something that got birthed in you uh, prior to you connecting with uh, the city that you are involved with or the state that you are involved with, or was it through those connections that it began to be birthed out of you?
2: So that's a good question. So it's a combination of both. Um, One is personal, and two, um, there's a need, a great need for it. Um, The personal side of of it is the fact that I've had a lot of friends um, to pass uh, away because of HIV um, or the AIDS virus, I should say about the AIDS. Um, And so when I look at it, I had, it was eight friends, it was eight of us, and only two of us remain today, you know, alive. And so watching my friends pass away was something personal, and watching some people what I do passed away, it became personal, and so it was through some connections that I met. Um, I took a class at uh, Philly Fight called uh, Teach Faithful or um, Philly Fight Teach, and I strongly recommend uh, anybody to take it. Um, it talks about the HIV/AIDS and in in sense of the spiritual aspect. And Dr. Dowdy does a wonderful job of it. It's a six-week course. You get a hundred-dollar stipend at the end. And you meet and you connect with different people from different aspects of the spiritual realm in regards to HIV and AIDS. And so connecting with those people and listening and being educated and empowered on what was happening, you know, with the treatments, with the HIV AIDS um, virus, the population, um, Dr. Dowdy challenged us in regards to what are we going to do about it? What are we How are we going to combat this uh, challenge that we have? And so as a result of her class, I said that I was going to start a program, a support group called Live Life Again. And a lot of times when people have an impact on HIV, they feel like life is over, like they have nothing to live for. But the truth of the matter is, is that's when life just begins. And so Live Life Again. Again, basically, it's going to be a support group for those who are, as you, as you know, are in part with HIV, who can come and just talk. You know, it doesn't have to be all spiritual. It could be, you know, I've had a rough week. I need a hug. I, 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 my T-talk count went below uh, 200. I need a hug. Or I had the most stressful week and I had the most stressful doctor appointment. I didn't have a good report. I just need somebody to talk to. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to provide a safe space where people can come, talk, be empowered, be loved on, be cared for, because what will happen as as a result, and this is what we're we're hoping with our support groups, once people feel loved and empowered, then they will give you their heart to join a ministry or to be like, you know what, you have my heart now. And so what we find out is that, or what I've been finding out is that, People are anxious, they want to come, they want to be a part, and it's just, you know, just a meeting once a week or once a month right now in in December where they can come and be themselves. So, we have a support group of those that are affected by opioids, uh, which is called a second chance recovery. Um, And then also we have the empowerment tools. So we wanted we wanted to implement those tools because this is a serious problem in Philadelphia. I'm sorry, I, I just can't do ministry and not and not uh, address these challenges because these this is who I'm this is who I'm ministering to. This is who Truth and life is ministering to. And yes, we can speak, we can preach all day, but I can't listen to you if I'm having trouble identify or trouble listening to you because my t- I just until my T cell count is less than 200. Or I I didn't have nothing to eat. And so we have to be able to meet the people where they're at and able to empower them. Now, I know people say, well, you know, just church is good enough. But no, church is not just good enough. You need to have a support arena where these people can come, be themselves, and address the issues, address what people are going through. A lot of churches don't want to address what people are going through. You know, and to my surprise when I had this, when I took the class and I, I encourage it's called Faithful Teach. It's a six week course, please anybody. It's free class, take it. You will be surprised at the amount of people that you meet that still that some might still have a mentality that, you know, that people are supposed to die from this or whatever the case might be. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. who you would meet. And so with that, you know, you have an opportunity to educate and, and and the black church has become silent on this matter, you know, and so yes. we can shout, we can scream all day, but how am I going to feel when I go home knowing that my T-cell counts less than 200? Who am I going to speak to? Who am I going to call? And these are what people are dealing with. And so I want to be able to affect, I want to be able to impact those who are who are being impacted by HIV, opioids. You know, there were the times where I had to go to one of our members' house uh, because they were just, it was a it was it, let me just say it was a mess. And so you have to kinda of encourage people to say, Look, you need to get your life together. I'm gonna to help you and here are the supplies. And this is like, like the same choice. This is this is a choice. I'm mean, you're at the you're at the river. You can drink from the water or you can continue to, to make this bad decision. And so people need that accountability where they can say, you know what, pastor provided this for me. I was able to to he cared about me. I have a support group I can go to and be myself. And all of it remain confidential. That is one term and agreement that anybody that becomes a part of the support group, it remains there. It doesn't get out in the street. And so by having those, we're able to minister to those. And as you know, Philadelphia has a high opioids problem going on right now. Yeah. So so those are that is the reason why i want to implement those uh, programs and then the empowerment tool is basically like i said the other night the purpose of that is to provide education i can preach to you all day but if you don't know how to do a word document if you don't know how to type if you don't know how to excel that will not get you into the job field or that will get you into the job field but if you don't know how to do it then that's one barrier that you have so we want to be able to empower people because as soon as people can get jobs, the poverty rate goes down and people are able to take care of their kids and they are able to come to church full and ready for the word versus hungry and not ready for the word. So that's the reason why I wanted to implement those programs.
1: And and that's great because I was, um, as you were talking, I always teach people that, I I define ministry and I got this from my apostle. I was blessed to have a great, apostle that i was able to sit under for years and serve for years and one of the things he's things he taught us about ministry and he always used this definition that ministry is meeting a need with love and he kind of yeah. helped me see ministry from a whole nother perspective because when i grew up as a child ministry to me honestly i didn't call it ministry i called it church because church was sunday we got two services uh, on Tuesdays, we used to have called what was called Family Training Hour. Oh, we had two services on Sunday, but before the two services was Sunday school. Um, Tuesdays, we had Family Training Hour. Then we had some other services. We was always involved. Uh, we had choir practice. Uh, we couldn't go do anything. The only thing we could do was go skate. That's the only thing we could do, and we only could skate on the Christian skate night because they played gospel music, and of course, you know, we couldn't listen to those no hmm. music because If you listen to secular music, clearly you're going to hell. You know, so that's what I saw church as. And then when I turned 19, I I met my my spiritual father, and he began to deal with me about ministry from the standpoint of the aftercare. You know, he helped Mm -hmm. me understand it's great to have them at this altar. It's great to lay hands on them and see the power of God hit them. But, Cliff, what are you going to do with them when they leave these four walls? How are you going to help them transition into what we identify as the real world? You know, not the supernatural world, but the real world that they must live in on a daily basis. So I commend ministries and respect ministries that are out there in the community, developing these programs to help those that are in the community and then empowering them to become even better citizens so that we can create a better world. That's what ministry is. And I love that because we don't see that enough. We get a lot of talking about it. You know, we can have meetings, and we can identify the problem, and in identifying the problem, we can even communicate what the solution may be. But where we lack a lot of time in in our culture, you know, and and those listening, don't get upset. I'm not talking as a blanket statement uh, because, as I said, there was always a remnant with everything. So there is a remnant that is out there doing those things, but we, as a culture, need to grab hold of this more so that we can empower our people to become landowners. Now, mm-hmm. first, uh, um, own your home and own your land and own your pro- own other things. You own uh, businesses and all those other things that become of that. We can be the lender and not the borrower. We can be above That's and right. not beneath as we begin to empower individuals. And that empowerment is not going to come from church per se. You know, it's going to come from these support groups. I'm big. I am big on cell groups. I am big on cell groups because I feel like that's the time that people can learn. That's the time they can grow. And honestly, with those that are dealing with self-esteem issues, Some feel more comfortable asking questions in a smaller group setting. Sometimes in church we can't ask questions. And, you know, sometimes in our culture when you ask questions in church, you're rebellious, you're trying to start trouble, and we don't need you here. You know, when you have those small groups to ask those questions and then grow. Awesome. Now, okay, let's go to the personal life journey, okay? Um, Yes. In your personal life journey, uh, what are some things that you had to overcome in order to get to this space to present ministry in this manner? Because uh, if if your testimony is anything like mine, as I just said a while ago, this was not my original idea of ministry. You know, I didn't see ministry outside the four walls of church. I saw ministry you either had a robe or a suit on. You preach, you could shout. If you couldn't shout, you could run. But you did something to show that you had a quote-unquote relationship with God. You're speaking in tongues. You're falling on the floor. You know, you're purging. You're doing all of those things. How did you evolve in, um, you know, as far as it related to your personal relationship and then communicating that in ministry?
2: Um, So it took some time. uh... Let me say that. It took some time for me to get to where I'm at. Uh, everything was a process. Um, I, I guess it in this uh, first call, um, I was attending a well-known church in Atlanta when I lived or when I resided in Atlanta. And um, doing the normal, speaking in tongues, going to church service, um, you know, going to intercessory prayer and all that good stuff. Um, But then one day, one day they um, sent me an email and because of who I am, I am a true worshiper. Um, And I don't take that lightly. I don't take that lightly, but I am a true worshiper. And one day during service, I was told that I was a distraction and that I need to tone it down. (laughs) So out of that, and this, thank you, Holy Ghost, out of that, we talked about, I preached about this today, out of my pain came my purpose. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. out of that, and out of that pain, I was able to understand who God truly was. I was able to get to know him on a more intimate level. Um, I was able to understand that his love was unconditional for me. His love, uh, he loved me more. And And that's And that was one of the things when I really learned that, you know, I'm not here to serve men. I'm here to serve God. You know, if you're going to make a big old fuss about how I praise and worship, how I do praise and worship, then maybe, you know, maybe I do need to go somewhere else. Because if you're threatened by my praise, then obviously, you know, something's going on. So with that being said, it took some time. um, I resigned from the church. It took some time to um getting to know God, getting to study his word. Um and then it just took some time for me to understand and first of all to forgive myself. I had to forgive um things I did to myself. I had to forgive the thoughts I thought of myself. And so it got to a place where that was in my thirties when I when I got to Philly, I was in my middle thirties, uh thirty five and up And I really began to learn that God loves me just just as I am. Um, I did not need to wear or dress up every Sunday a suit. And this is what I tell people. You can wear a suit all day, but you can have have a hellish of an attitude when you talk to people. And so I just learned just to be myself, just to keep God simple. Keep God simple, and everything else works out. Nowadays, we make God complicated. You got to wear this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I don't recall God. I mean, I recall him sitting down with some people. I don't recall him making everything complicated. Come on, somebody. And so when we just keep things simple, just keep it simple. People are drawn to that. People, um, and 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 I say this, and please, it's just from my heart. I see the, in particular the black church on life support. Because people are not going to church. People are, they they cringe when you hear the word church. And now even when I pass out tracts and when I'm out in the streets, when Rob and I are out in the streets, you know, I just say, hey, come visit us. Come check our ministry out. Um, you know, it's a church or it's a place where you can come and be yourself. I don't really use the word church too much because people cringe when they hear the word church because of the bad experiences that they've had. I just say, come, you know, come to a place where you can be you. And even when I met with the board members, when we decided to um, go forward last year, um, when we started back up, I said, hey, you might catch me at the club because, because I'm a real person. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go meet the people where they're at. Don't be surprised if you catch me in the club and I'm talking to people and I'm just being me because that's like people are drawn towards just truth to who you are. And so the people, the board members are like, oh, wow, that's that's different and of course you had one that felt like that was a problem but you got to meet people where they're at you know you can't just continue to sit in and have church every sunday and don't go to the and don't go to the places where people are hanging out at and so with that being said i was able just to be myself and and allow you know just allow god to work in my life through my life and just come to the terms and condition that god does me for who i am i don't have to have a fancy car don't have to have a fancy outfit just being simple, just keeping God simple is, is, to me, the best way that I have learned to come up, come to him um, over my last couple of years of, of, of developing a relationship with him.
1: Got you. Okay. Now, you know, I, I got to hit something that you said. I got to hit it. Okay. Talk about going to the club. I got to yeah, hit yeah. it Pastor, Because that was so hard for me. Um, mm-hmm to understand as God was, as I was evolving and growing in God, because listen, I can't, I'm not going to no club. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to, to no casino. I wouldn't even go to, to the casino to eat. Yeah. I would have parents. I was a program director at a boys and girls club and I would have parents that wanted to give me vouchers to go eat at the uh, casino. And I, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not stepped step foot in there. And I remember as I began to make my evolution, and I went to the casino for the first time, and I sat down and ate, and I said, Wait a minute, I've been missing this the whole time? Because, I mean, there's some yeah. good food there. Yeah. But, and people <laughs> yeah. laugh when i sit there, But they don't understand like, the process that I had to go through.
0: Right. I mean, even right. Attending,
1: right. I, I've attended drag shows before, and that was so hard for me to do because yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the whole go meet them where they're at. But here's the crazy thing mm-hmm. about it. If we look at Jesus's life,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yep. you might find him in the temple. But other than right. that, where did we find Jesus the majority of the time? He was oh, with those know. that people said, why is Jesus even over there talking to them? <laughs> and, you know, something I like that's a brother, you know, ser- I seriously had to learn it. I was listening to an interview on today, and in this interview, this young man was talking. He used to be a, a, he grew up as a preacher, then he did porn. Then, you know, he rededicated his life to, to Christ and all that different stuff. But he was talking about he was having a kickback at his house, and they were getting high. And as they were getting high, he began to minister to these people. He said it was prostitutes, it was uh, drug dealers, it was porn stars. It was just everybody that everybody would cringe at. Isn't it amazing how we cringe at some stuff, but we enjoy all mm-hmm. the stuff ourselves? So like, well, cringe right. at it, though, because, oh, God, I can't believe. But he said, mm-hmm. you know, he said the highest they got. He said, and some of them were getting ready to leave, and he said he that God told him to minister to them, and he said seven of them rededicated their lives. Now, for wow. some that's what understand. And that would have been hard for me to understand back in the day. I would they're playing with God. But understanding right. ministry now, I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah. I didn't always feel like that. I did not always yeah. feel like that. They're with God. Now, Pastor, listen, we're going to stay on for a couple minutes after we go off the air, but we have about two minutes. I want you to take one of those minutes, give your last word to the people, and then I'm going to close out. And then again, once we go off, we'll continue the conversation.
2: Yes, yeah, so I want to thank Apostle uh, Petty John for allowing me to be on the show tonight. And to anybody out there that feel like uh, that life was just too much or you feel like you can't, you like, and I preached this today, if you feel like things just uh, are just not going the way that you want it, you just are going to have to go through the process and just allow yourself to be able to walk in your purpose. Because pain brings about purpose, and purpose brings about destiny. So no matter where you are in life, whether it's emotionally pain, physically pain, or spiritually pain, just know that everything works for a purpose. You know, Romans 8, 28 says that we know that all things work together for them who love God who are called according to his purpose. So just know that it's all part of the plan and that God has a purpose out of your pain that will help push you into your destiny. And this is my prayer to you, that you would be empowered. And if you ever are in the Philadelphia area, Please stop by 2030 Sansa Street, Philadelphia, PA, the Thelian Paul Theater, and please come by and worship with us. We would love to have you at the 10 o'clock a.m. hour.
1: Awesome, guys. Listen, thank each and every one of you for joining us on tonight. Thank Pastor Hayes for joining us again on tonight. On sat- this Saturday at 9 p.m., I'm sitting down with Samuel Bell Spires. We've been missing each other, but we're finally going to be able to do the show. Create a great day. Walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, execute your vision, all right? I pray that you were blessed by tonight's show. Matter of fact, I know you were blessed by tonight's show. Write us, let us know. Admin at the thetransformationcenter.life. Center is spelled
2: C-E-N-T-R-E.
1: Again, C-E-N-T-R-E. Again, thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing to help this show. Come to pass. Peace. All right, Pastor, we are off the air, but we're going to continue the conversation. Um, thank you again, as I said, for being willing to come back. Again, uh, I do apologize for the first show, but it was great that you were able to come back. And even some of the things that we begin to touch on on tonight, I'm telling you, I, when I get talking about ministry or we're having a conversation about ministry, I get excited especially when we're talking about it from a standpoint that is not the traditional style of ministry. And I'm not disrespecting those who are called to the traditional style of ministry, but I just feel like that God has a group of people that he has given creative visions to. And some of us have smothered our vision for a while. You know, we were scared of it. And honestly, we had nobody to look up to for it because it's not like anything that has come before. Like, we are the trailblazers in it. So I just get excited when I hear other people talking about it. So I love what you and Brother Rob are doing in Philadelphia. It is awesome. It is just, and I'm grateful to even be able to be a part, you know, a part of everything that he is doing and being connected with you guys. But here's what I want you to do real quick. Um, We're going to talk about your business in a minute but I also want you to share the events that you guys have coming up with the ministry. Uh,
2: yes, yeah. so um, October 27th, we have a gentleman at Baylor Distinction who will be coming in an organization um, that's starting up that is uh, consists of black uh, black men from across the country They'll be coming to convene in Philadelphia to establish their foundation. And then as well, they'll come and worship with us on the 27th of October at 10 o'clock a.m. Then we on November 3rd, we have our church three-year anniversary in which Pastor Jeffrey Haskins will be coming to give the word. He is the pastor of Unity Fellowship Church in Philadelphia. We are grateful for him um, uh, for coming to speak to us. And then um, January 10th through 12th, we will have a uh, leadership retreat, uh, um, which is titled um, "Mission, Vision, and Implementation." And again, I say that with mission, vision, and implementation, meaning that you gotta have a mission, then you gotta see fulfill the mission with a vision and then you got to implement it on how you're going to go ahead and complete this mission and the vision. So we are excited about that. That's going to be January 10th through 12th. We'll release some dates, I'm sorry, the final cough after uh, October, and we're looking forward to having a great time with that. So um, besides that, we have services every Sunday at the hour of 10 o'clock a.m. at the Improv
1: Theater. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now let's talk about your business real quick, okay? Let's talk about – well, I'm not saying real quick. We have a a couple of minutes to talk about it. I want you to share, uh, especially guys that are listening, I get excited, and it's not a – just because sometimes I sound pro-Black or pro-African American, that does not mean that I'm anti-white or anti-any other race. I just get excited when we as Black people – understand that we can be you know we can be greater than what we are so when i hear about entrepreneurs when i hear about authors when i hear about those that are working in the corporate world and those that are creative you know that are the creatives uh in our culture i get excited about it so i want you to take a couple of minutes and share about you and brother rob's business
2: Yes, so uh, Brother Rob and I, we have a travel business, and it's called Easy Travel. Uh, We are business partners in the fact that we um, go out and, um, again, we uh, have a business aspect to it. We have a travel side. So the business aspect is that you bring on business partners that will help um you know to help build a team or those that are seeking entrepreneurship and you help support those in the fact that you uh train them you equip them and you kind of are you know, like okay this is how it goes this is where it's going to be at then you have the uh, travel side of it where travel is a huge industry um there's uh with the research shown there's a lot of millennials traveling and there's older people that are traveling and so, with that being said, there's just so much money in the travel business. And so, what we're seeing is that, like I said, the millennials are going here. Um, the older people, you know, older people, they retire. They want to go somewhere. And so, a lot of times what Rob and I do, we uh, do mostly group trips Uh which will allow people to come together and meet people, and even with this Bahama Cruise, um, I was able to get on this Facebook group called The Elation, and I met so many people who are going on the same trip as us. That I'm like, oh my God, there's people that will be waiting for us to get there. So, so it's this Bahama trip is going to be awesome. Um, we are excited. And, you know, I, and there was a concern about the, the weather because of Hurricane Dorian. Um, but the places we're going, um, NASA has not been impacted. And the report is still up in the air. But also Carnival has a way of routing us to different locations. So with that being said, in the travel business, you know, you, we, have our, we have it to where people can go on our website. They can book their own cruise. Or you can either do it for them. Um, and so Rob and I have uh, developed a business, and, and we just took it slow. We're taking it slow, and this is our first trip this year to the Bahamas as a group trip. Then next year we're, we're thinking, you know, I don't think I may be going to Africa because I love the safari. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I love the African safari. And um, allowing people to be empowered by taking them places that they've never been at an economical price. So that is our main goal. And, and with this travel business, we plan to uh, empower people, you know, go have fun, but also be educational, also be empowered. And, you know, some people might run away from a hurricane from the Bahamas, but I'm running towards it because I see it as yeah. an opportunity one, to minister to it and, and, and just to meet the people and see the people. And so, you know, for me, I have a different perspective on it. You know, hey, I can go to places, meet people, see where they're at. but um, that's the enjoyment of it is going to places, meeting different people and um, hopefully being an impact to them. So the travel business is is a money-making business uh, every day. You know, Rob and I have a website, people go to it. And in that they can go ahead and book their own trip, book their own cruise and, you know, even go international. So we're excited. um, And even with that, we have certain perks ourselves that we can use. And we've already traveled. So it's benefits, and it's just making a huge sacrifice, like I said in the first call. You know, whenever you start a business, you got to make a sacrifice, and eventually everything will pay off.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now I have one more question for you. We're going to close it out like we closed the last interview out. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to send a shout-out to a mentor or a couple of mentors that have, made an impact in your life that has helped you along your journey that has been what I call, I call them transforming transformers. And the reason why I call uh, those who make an impact on our lives transforming transformers is because once your life is transformed, it is my personal belief that we need to pour out into somebody else as well and help their lives be transformed, hence transforming transformers. I want to give you an opportunity to send a shout out to, I think last time I think you did three. If you want to do those same three, that's fine. If there's one you want to do, I'm turning it into your hands.
2: Yeah, So, um, I'll be very quickly. Um, I want to send a shout out to Dr. Judy Purnell in Columbus, Georgia, who was one of my first mentors, my very first mentor. Um when I went to college um, in regards to a writing class, she encouraged me that I I have the writing ability and the ability to speak. And ever since I uh, came in contact with her, I've I've been able to use the energy that she's given me to help impact people who I come into a daily basis with. So I gotta thank her, and then I have to thank, um, I gotta thank God as well. I forgot to mention that the other day, but I've gotta thank God. Uh, because he's given me some wisdom, and you know, even with asking, I've I prayed and he's given me answers in regards to situations. Then um, I got to thank my bishop Bishop Kenyatta Arnett, who's been a longtime friend who has uh, helped mentor me as well, and uh, who's given me sound advice. And uh, my parents, and of course my partner Rob. So uh, those are the people that I want to send a shout out in regards to being mentors in my life.
1: All right, we honor each and every one of you that Pastor Hayes mentioned on today. We thank you for the impact and the imprint that you are leave that you have left on Pastor Hayes's life as well as the lives of others that you have impacted and left that imprint on. Listen, guys, thank you again for joining us on tonight. We thank Pastor Hayes once again for his willingness to come back because of technical difficulties on our part. Guys, I thank you for your patience as this program is growing and developing. We are still a baby, so we are still having some minor hiccups. But you know what? It is such a great learning experience. I enjoy sitting behind this microphone talking to each and every one of you and you guys talking to me. I'm grateful for all the feedback that you give me. I'm grateful for how you let us know that the show is blessing your life. I'm even grateful for the prayer requests that you guys send in. I want you to continue to listen. I want you to continue to be who you have been created and called to be. Make no excuses for it. Continue to move forward with momentum. And, again, stay connected with me by visiting www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, guys, if um, you want to connect with me on social media, just type in Clifton Pettyjohn on all social media platforms. Pastor, again, we thank you. Again, everybody else, we thank you. we anyway, have sir. a great day. Well, not a great day. Have a great rest of the night. Shout out to my Cowboys. Let's take this victory on tonight. And again, Pastor, thank you for joining us. And we are going to close the show out right now. Goodbye. Amen. Bye bye.